Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Japanaholic Podcast, podcast surrounded by topics all about Japan, anime, games, discussed by one certified Japanaholic. My name is Taylor Fry. Uh, today, I've gotten a topic, once again, kind of like on the whole random question, ramble kind of thing that I've been going on for the past, like, several weeks, if you've been listening to the podcast for the past couple weeks. This one, um, I kind of want to take some time to discuss to some anime newbies, in a way, what makes a good anime adaptation and what makes a bad anime adaptation. Because, and I'm mainly going to be talking mainly about the adaptation-wise of the anime. I don't really want to talk about, like, the stories of the animes that are being adapted because that is a big reason why the adaptation doesn't always work, in a way. But maybe there's times where the story is fine if you read the uh, the source material, but it's probably just adapted poorly. And uh, this question is could be really easily summed up in a way in the good and bad. It's like, oh, if it's it's gonna be good adaptation if you know it sticks with the source material or it, you know, blah, 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 X and Y and possibly a Z explanation on this. And I kind of want to go in depth with these, uh, with these X, Y, and Z explanations that many people will give off once people, you know, start asking what makes a good adaptation of an anime or what makes it a bad adaptation. And I'll try to give off a few examples uh, of what I think are good adaptated animes and bad adaptated animes. Um, what makes a good anime adaptation? I believe what makes a very good anime adaptation is when it tries to sell the source material, but it doesn't force you to read or listen to the source material at all. Like Kaguya-sama, Love is War. If anybody's seen that show, you'll know what I'm talking about. If anybody has seen the Kaguya-sama Love is War series, you'll know that you can watch the anime and it won't force you in many ways to read the manga because it will just have its own little thing. It'll edit, it adaptates stuff that happens in the manga, but it doesn't say, Oh, you want more of this story? Go read the fucking manga. Or, hey, you want to know what happens, you know, in the, you know, the later portions of this arc that we, you know, skipped out on because it was probably, like, useless? Go read the fucking manga. You know, that sort of stuff. Um, what makes it bad is when it forces you to do that, okay? And I'm going to try to not talk about this series as much. Because <laughs> if anybody knows me, you'll know that I'll talk about this next next week because it's ending this week. But Domestic Nakanajo does a poor job at this, okay? Um, when you watch Domestic Nakanajo, you miss out on a lot of things in the manga. And if you plan on reading the manga, you have to restart the entire series. And you'll see that character developments and stuff like that from that series end up not being in the anime series and you know there's and i'm there's so many factors into this okay and of course 
I'm comparing Dial Media Studios with the Masaki Nakata show to A1 Pictures with Kaguya Seven Love is War. A1 Pictures does a phenomenal job as a studio in terms of like how it's, you know, adaptating the series. Each of the A1 Pictures uh, anime adaptations, usually like 8 out of the 10 that you randomly pick will have a good adapted series. Okay. And I really, I like, I would put A1 Pictures at the top three studios, in my opinion. And then, you know, you look over at Diomedia, and their work and stuff like that is very mediocre, if not poor, <laughs> at best, okay? And I've seen a lot of animes from many different studios. I can only name off a few out of Diomedia, but I could, well, actually, I couldn't even name off more than two. Uh, from Diomedia, and one of them is Domestic Nakano Show, which just unfortunately suffers from a terrible adaptation, okay? And it's not just because of the whole, like, story being trashy and stuff like that, but like I said, I will go more in-depth of Domestic Nakano Show and what I think of the series and more details about its bad adaptation in next week's podcast episode. If we're going to continue on with the good adaptations, I'll stick to the Kaguya Seven Love is War for, like, this comparison. If you want a good reason why I think Kaguya Seven Love is War is possibly the top best adapted anime series, just watch it. Okay, season one, season two, I mean, I don't know if it'll get a season three, to be honest, but that's a story for another time. Uh, a good adaptation, like I said before you know, won't force you to read the manga, okay? Another bad example of this is Nisekoi, in a way. I love, now, don't get me wrong, I love this series, I love Nisekoi, and I love, you know, it, I love Shaft Studios so much, they do a great job at animating stuff, especially their, my, the, the trademark Shaft head tilt, or the neck twist, or whatever you want to call it that, I can't do, because, hey, guess what, that's kind of inhuman to do, because if you don't want to break your neck, don't try it, but anyways, season one was adaptated good, okay, it was a good adaptation, and then season two happened, and not only was it rushed, in a way, because it had 12 episodes compared to the 24 episodes in season one, but Kind of did the same thing with Domestic Nakata Show. It skipped out on some character developments and some stuff that would have been a little better to be in the second season of the show. And, of course, at the end of the series, it's like, hey, you want to see what happens at the end of this? Hey, uh, read the manga. Excuse me. It's like, I'm not asking for Nisekoi to be a complete... Or, like, any romance to be... A, like, romance shows... To be a to have a conclusion in their adapted series, because then what would be the point of reading the source material? Now, don't get me wrong; I understand the point of giving the viewer, you know, that kind of like, oh man, I gotta, I gotta get more of this. I gotta read the, I gotta read the manga. I gotta read the light novel. I gotta look at the, I gotta download the arrow gay or visual novel of this and see what happens for myself it's like i understand that okay that's the whole point of anime adaptations but what i don't like is when they force it upon you okay in a way where it's like you we know you want more of this we know you want more of it just come on admit it it's like if i wanted to read it 
I'll read it, but I don't want to read the mangas of most of the series that I watch because it's already bad enough that I have 200 mangas that in my in my arsenal that I need to freaking read and a lot of them need to be annotated, but like I said, I'll probably go, I, I think I'll go over a couple of those in another episode sometime in the near future. I keep saying that, but just something to look forward to. So, forcing people to go read the source material after the season is completed is not the, I don't want to say it's the best way, okay? Because it's like, if you, if you really love, like, even if you find the series to be meh at best, It'll still be all like, if it's all, excuse me, if it's still like, oh, read the source material, even though you probably don't want to, but you got to, like you got to. It's like with Kaguya Sub, I know this is me rambling at the highest peak, like very high peak, but kind of what a podcast is when it's one man, just saying. But with Kaguya Sama Love is War, okay, you don't have to read the manga. If you aren't, like, that deep into the, the fandom of Kaguya-sama Love is War. Like, if you only want to watch the anime, you know, and not have that feeling of, like, man, I still feel empty inside. Like, I want more of this. Kaguya-sama doesn't really do that. It's like, if you love the series, you'll probably read the manga. But the anime-adapted series by A1, A1 Pictures is all, like... We're not going to say, you know, go read the manga and, like, force it down your throat like many other series. We're just going to, you know, adaptate parts of the mangas that would fit perfectly with the anime. And if you enjoy this part of the series, or if you enjoy the series in general, then you can go read the manga and then, you know, see for yourself how much, you know, storytelling that there's still left in the series. And there's a lot of anime series that really do a good job at this. And uh, one that I just, uh, I'm going to get a little bit of hate for this when saying this. But Yagate Kimi ni Naru, or Bloomin' to You, if you're speaking English, really doesn't do this. It kind of, I see it, I see it as a kind of a bad adaptation, but I it's, uh, it's kind of the perfect example of like forcing somebody to read the manga because it's like I don't think Yagata Kimi Ninata will get a season two, but the way they ended that season, oh, they need to, they need to. I mean, they they need to because you spend, and I'm sorry for the spoilers if you haven't seen the series. But I'll try not to spoil majorly, but you spend like four, five, six episodes going on and on and on about this whole, uh, what was it? What was it? It was like, it was like a campaign speech. It was, it was like, I think it was a campaign speech. I don't think so. Hold on. I'm trying to think. They were going on and on about, oh no, no. It was uh, like a cultural festival or something. I seriously can't remember. It's been forever since I've seen this series. But instead, okay, typical anime adaptations where they spend four or five episodes building something for a story, they would reach that climax at the very end of the series. But with Yagata Kimi Ninaru, they literally go to the aquarium and end the series from there. Are you kidding? 
It's like, oh, I can't wait to... I seriously forgot what the hell it was that they were building for. Okay. So, it wasn't a campaign of anything or a cultural festival. It was a fucking script. It was a screenplay. That's what they... Okay, sorry. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So, you spend... You spend literally five, six episodes building off this whole, like, story of a screenplay thing that's going to go on in the school. And you have all these characters... Working on scripts, working on stuff, and then there's some drama here and there. Wouldn't you want to end the series with that? Um, I would, but not according to, not according to, you know, the Akatagami Ninaru, which literally just says, you know what, fuck the screenplay, just take the two girls to the aquarium and call it a season. It's like that kind of ending. It's like, we need a season two. I don't care what anybody says. We need a season two. Because you can't just end it when you're building off a story and then just say, well, who cares about that part of the story? So it's like, that just really forces me to read the manga. Which, I'm not going to complain. I bought the premium deluxe box set of like of Bloom into You, okay? I'm not going to complain. I love the series. I love the manga. And, you know, how it ended was amazing. Even though it kind of was a little short compared to other mangas that I've read. But the point still stands that I don't want to feel forced to read a manga when, you know, if I don't really care about the series, I don't think I'm going to read the manga, okay? And, you know, that's kind of picky for me to say in a way. Because it's like, whenever I watch an anime series... 9 out of 10 times I'm going to love the series. There's a special few that are just like, I don't want to ever put this in my face again or in my watch list. But most of the times I will probably be all like, okay, that was a pretty good series. And if I decide to, I'll probably continue from the source material. Because like I said before, I still have about like 200 different manga series that I kind of need to read and catch up on and complete and... I've sadly not completed too many mangas in my time. I think that's just because I'm not much of a reader. I'm just more of a watcher. And I understand that a lot of people are the exact opposite. No one really likes to, you know, there's a few people, excuse me, excuse me, that will never watch the anime. They'll only read the manga or there'll be a few that read a bunch of manga and anime at the same time. But to me, it's like I barely read mangas because... I, A, don't have enough time to read the mangas, and B, the actual time that I do end up reading the mangas, I I suck at reading, okay? I, I hate reading. But at the same time, I don't hate it. I, I just find it better to watch it, but that's just me. So all I keep talking about in terms of, like, good adaptations is, like, Kaguya-sama Love is War and stuff like that. Okay, and the only explanation I've given off to be what makes a good or bad anime adaptation is forcing mangas or whatever source material onto you and blah, 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 blah. Let me give another example. Let me give another example. Okay. If you were to watch an anime series and the series director slash composition, comp, who that series composer, excuse me, uh, I couldn't think of the, the role. If those two make a good series, you know, their chemistry is well put together. They know the source material. You watch this anime series, you know, whatever it's called, and you get to the end. 
And instead of feeling empty, like you need more, you feel satisfied, okay? You feel like, you know, the ending was fine. You know, it wasn't like, oh, I need more of this, or man, that ending was totally not what I wanted. But it felt more like, I'm happy that I finally ended this series, but in a good way. Like, it's like, oh, I'm glad I finally ended this series, because I feel satisfied. That last episode was amazing. That last episode made me feel like it was worth watching the other 11 or however many other episodes there were in this series. And I'm happy that I can finally say that I've watched this series, whatever it may have been. That's what I kind of like. That's what I say. That's a good adapted anime series. What it's like, I don't have to read the mangas or I don't have to like read the light novels. It's like if I feel satisfied with the endings. It's a good anime. You know, if nothing felt out of place, if nothing felt like it was janky or rushed, then I'll say it's good. Like, it's fine, okay? This explanation... Did I say that right in English? I can't tell. It's 4 o'clock in the morning. I'm sorry. Never record past midnight, kids, if you're doing a podcast, but especially standing up. But this this explanation kind of goes on with the first explanation. So it's kind of like explanation 1B. But it's like, depending on the studio, depending on the, you know, the roles and who ends up doing the, you know, the parts, not just the animation and not just the, the openings and the endings and, you know, the, the voice acting. But, like, the directors, literally everything in the anime studio, like, roles and stuff like that have to be, like, pitch perfect in order for it to become, like, a very decent anime series. Chemistry-wise. I mean, there's a few people that I've seen, like, work on animes as a director or a series composer or whatever the hell it's called. And, you know, sometimes it just doesn't work. That's why it's a bad adapted series. It's because of the the terrible roles in the studios. And I don't want to name any of them. Because I really think that there's a lot of good studios out there. But, man, there's a ton. There's a, there's a ton of good ones, but there's a ton of mediocre ones. And you rarely... I don't know. I haven't really heard of any other, like, horrible studios... Okay, I can't really name a horrible studio. I can just think of a couple mediocre ones off the top of my head. And I already named off one earlier, so, you know, there's that one. But, honestly, depending on the roles and the directors and the blah, 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 if everything works together chemistry-wise, it's a good adaptation. If it doesn't, it's a bad adaptation. Basically, what I'm trying to say is chemistry makes it a good or a bad anime adaptation. So now that I've given off a couple different explanations, in my opinion, on what makes a good anime adaptation versus bad anime adaptations, let me go through a few studios that I believe are consistently good or consistently eh. <laughs> and I said I wasn't going to name any of them, but I'm instantly throwing that out of the book. So, yeah. I'll just give off a few that I think are really good studios to like, in a way, give you a good idea of what makes a good anime 
adaptation or bad. If you can, if you can guess by now, you'll probably know which one's already in the bad. It's or at least in the meh. Okay, and Diomedia is unfortunately one of them because, like I said, I can only name off like one or two off the top of my head from Diomedia, and unfortunately, that one was just very meh. And like I said, I won't go too much into detail, but Domestic Narcotic Show is just, it really needs a, like a, like a Fruits Baskets style re-adaptation because it really, they really changed everything from the, from the, the mangas. And I feel horrible about that compared to, I just feel bad. Like, if you think about it, Sasuga, the mangaka for Kei Sasuga, I think I said her name right, I'm not sure. The mangaka for Domestic Nakata Show kind of got the sh the shit end of the stick right there with the, with the adaptation. But, in a way, it was, you know, as, as somebody who would probably, who probably will make a manga, not really a manga because I can't draw, but probably make a white novel in the future. I'd probably take it over anything, I guess. Or take it over nothing, excuse me. Take it over nothing. Um, one studio, I believe, is kind of underrated in terms of like their animation style is Doga Kobo. I really enjoy a lot of Doga Kobo anime series like uh, Wataten and Angel Flew Down on Me. And, um, didn't they make Main in the Abyss? Oh, crap. <laughs> uh, hold on. Did they make Main in the Abyss? Because I believe they did not. I'm an idiot. I'm sorry. It was Kinima Citrus, which is also a good, a good, um, good studio. Okay. No, I'm thinking of the, how heavy are the dumbbells you lift. Sorry. Yeah. Those two are, in my opinion, Good anime adaptations. Okay, especially the How Heavy Are the Dumbbells You Lift. Because when I watched How Heavy Are the Dumbbells You Lift, I really didn't feel the need to read the manga as much as I did with, like, the other series that I've seen from, like, other anime studios. What that series was, like, with the, the, the Dumbbell series, excuse me, is I call that a good anime adaptation because of the fact that you could watch it, sat, you're satisfied with the ending because they didn't force you to read the manga to continue on with the series or whatever. Nor they have announced the second season. I don't think it will get a second season because of the ending. But I didn't feel the need, like especially with the ending with how they did it. It's like they ended it to the point where it's like, they're like... You really didn't even need to read the manga at all because it had its own like little like downward ending in a way in terms of like the mood where you know it's it's kind of like another explanation in like the in the ending scene where it's like if the ending is like its own little thing where it's like they live happily after ever after the end kind of uh ending then that kind of puts it into the whole satisfaction thing as well so yeah, endings make a whole lot of us. They make the difference between good or bad. Just saying. Oh, another good one, in my opinion, for studio wise, Silverlink. Let me tell you, Silverlink. Woohoo! God damn. Now, 
I'm not going to say Silver Lake is perfect, but I'm definitely going to say that a few series that I've seen from Silver Lake Studios, Kokodo Connect, definitely show some amazing adaptated work. Now, um, I believe Kokodo Connect is the very rare instance where an adaptated series will have its entire work adaptated. Because the, the sad but true truth, metallic reference, awesome, to the anime industry is that most animes that come out ever only come out to give, like, uh, to give the source material, like, free advertisement, like, free three-month ever, not really free, let me be honest, because it costs a shit ton of money, to be honest, but advertisements for, like, three and a half months, and then it's even, like, onwards and stuff like that, but, you know, for, like, for, like, three months or more that the, the anime's going on, it's like, hey, this is a series that is, you know, got a nice little book, or it's available to play on Steam, or a website, or whatever they have in Japan that could give off visual novels, it's like, most animes nowadays, it's like, hey, this is a thing, go read it, go watch it, okay, watch this, and then go read it, somewhere, somehow, but, there. I don't, I'm trying to think of a few other anime series that it's like Kokodo Connect where it adaptates the entire thing, but I really can't think of any off the top of my head. And I don't know if I want to say a lot of anime series should have their entire work adaptated because there is a part of me that's like, if it gets, if the entire, uh, the entire work is adaptated to an anime, is there a point to reading the source material? For most people, okay, they would probably not read the source material if it's all been adapted into an anime. And I know, you know, possibly you who, who's listening to this podcast right now, you know, listening to me stumble over my damn words at 4.30 in the morning. Yeah, 4.30 in the morning, sorry. Um, probably is like, oh, I still read the, I still read it. I don't care if it's all adapted and it's all like, you know, to the point where it's like everything's adapted down to the point five chapters of this series. I'd still read it. And, you know, obviously people are like that. Obviously people are like the other one, the other example that I give off where it's like, yeah, I probably won't read it because it's like, why read it if I could just watch it? So I understand that point where it's like that kind of hurts the source material in a way. And then there's a part of me that's like, yeah, but at the same time, though, you wouldn't have, uh, I mean, unless you adaptate it very perfectly, like, to the point where, like I said before, you won't feel forced to read the series source material, you'll just, like, have the satisfaction and stuff like that, where it's like, I finished the series, and if I want to read it, I will probably read the rest of the source material at a later date, but I'm not going to do it now because I don't feel forced to. Okay. Unless you can get that kind of satisfaction with like almost every viewer possible, which, hey, spoiler alert, it's not. You're never going to get that, but hey, life is a bitch. But anyway, 
Um, just in a way, it's like, yeah, I really think a, like a full adapted series of, oh, guess what? Domestic Girlfriend or Bloom into You or, um, damn it, New Game, New Game or Laid Back Camp or X series that I've seen and I call one of my best series. Tor, wait, Toradora? Eh? Is that fully adapted? No. No, no. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'll be quite honest. I'm not sure. Uh, anyway, but it's like, if I want if like all of those ended up becoming like fully adapted, which let me say this right now, the best thing girlfriend would probably need about five seasons for that. I don't think people want to watch that. Just say five seasons of that. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know if I can stay at a, uh, stay at a timeline like that. Anyway. Oh, I think Stein's Gate was fully adapted too, which also, like, in a way, that helped, that wanted me to play the visual novel. So, yeah, there's kind of that kind of example, I guess. But anyway, it's like, while I want a full adapted series of Eurocap or New Game, you know, like, to the point where it's, like, completes the entire series. Because let's be honest, who the hell wouldn't want to hear... <laughs> Shima Dean and Nadesuko going through like Mount Fuji and going through the entire uh, Japan Japan's countryside or whatever I would I'd love that I we have, to be honest I kind of watch I kind of want to watch the the live action series because that that's a thing I guess but as much as I think that that would be good for me I have to look at it as a big picture thing in terms of like the manga uh, for both series, it's like that would be cool to have it fully adapted, but what would happen to the manga sales? Because if you just adapted it to the point where you know it's a few seasons in a movie, or you know a few seasons in general, and you know say like okay, you've had your you've had your share of good you know, free advertise, yeah, in a way, free advertisement to this, to the manga series, now go and get the manga, or go and, uh, find a way to read it, pirate it, I don't give a shit. The point that I'm trying to make here in this episode before I end it off here, so I don't waste much more of your time, or bless more of your time, is that there are many key factors, it's making a bad anime adaptation and a very good anime adaptation. Most of it has to do with the studios because if you have a studio like Koito Animations making, for example, Kokodo Connect, or if you have Silver League Studios making Domestic Girlfriend, for example, there would be a whole different, it's a whole different ball game in terms of like whether Kokodo Connect made by Koito Animations would be just as good as Kokodo Connect made by Silver League, or for a better example... Eurocap made by C Station compared to that to, and I fucking hate myself for saying this, Eurocap made by Diomedia. God, that hurt me saying that physically. So, the point that I'm trying to make is that it mostly has to do with studios and roles and stuff like that in terms of what, make, what would make it a good or bad anime adaptation. So, I'm going to end it off here and... 
Next week, ladies and gentlemen, I will be going over and please believe me when I say this, my first anime that I've ever watched complete, completely and read the manga completely. Okay, well, completely now, but this is my first manga that I've read from start almost all the way to finish because as of recording this, well, actually, as of publishing this, excuse me, the final chapter for Domestic Nakano Show is out, and I'm going to read it. And after that, you will get my first impressions of, or final impressions, I guess, of the series. Where, you can call it this, I will do an anime discussions on Domestic Girlfriend. Oh boy, that's going to be a train ride. 276 chapters of Domestic Girlfriend. Oh, what a thrill ride. <laughs> Tune in next week, and I will be discussing Domestic Nakanajo. Hopefully in the middle of the day, where I'm not tired and fumbling over my English and stuttering almost every other sentence. My name is Ben Taylor Fry, the Certified Japanaholic. Thank you all so much for tuning in to this series. Please like, favorite, share, follow, blah, blah, blah. Just try to get the, the word out that this podcast exists. Please, you know, if you're listening to iHeart on iHeartRadio, tune in, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Uh, what else was it on? I don't remember. You know, do all that good stuff. Even if you're watching this on YouTube as well. I've been Taylor Fry. Signing off. Good night, everybody. <laughs>